two summers ago, I started playing soccer again and uh, kind of ended up with a little bit of an issue. It didn't affect me long term or anything, but getting back out there and, and playing soccer for really the first time since high school, I noticed that the biggest issue for me was not my conditioning, not my skill even, but my feet. Uh, you know, soccer is a sport where you're running, you're cutting, your foot, your feet do a lot of flexing uh, and bending, especially when you're cutting or especially if you're wearing cleats. And I noticed that after the first week of this adult league soccer, my feet were absolutely like on fire. I felt like uh, my ligaments were going to pop as I was walking around. Uh, and it's just, I realized I hadn't had that kind of stress on my feet. Um, when you play a lot of hockey, if you think about, you know, that's a really rigid boot. And so your foot doesn't move around a lot if, if you spend time skating. Now, when you go to something that's really extreme, more like soccer and you're cutting and your, your foot is flexing and moving and all those tendons and joints are being stressed. Now, all of a sudden, uh, you know, it's a whole new world for your foot. And, and I was really sore for a number of weeks uh, and kind of had to tiptoe through the rest of the season. But um, to me, it's a good example of kind of use it or lose it. And so I wanted to get on the phone with my friend, Ed, who's a podiatrist. And uh, this is a high school friend of mine. Uh, we go way back. And I've been meaning to do this episode for a long time now, for about two years. We just haven't been able to connect. But today we are talking to uh, Dr. Ed Elliott uh, in Decatur, Illinois, about foot health in general, um, what we can do to to make our feet healthy, how the foot affects the rest of your body. Uh, it's shocking how much effect a foot issue can have on the rest of your body. So we're talking to Dr. Elliott about that today. And uh, this is episode 53 of the Fit Life Formula podcast. Hope you enjoy it. Hey, welcome back to the Fit Life Formula podcast. My name is Brian Sippets. I'm the founder and CEO of Advantage Strength in Ann Arbor, Michigan. At Advantage Strength, we help people between the ages of 35 and 65 to live more, play more, and feel strong so that they can be active with their family and friends and get back to doing the things that they love to do. The Fit Life Formula is a show specifically for the members of Advantage Strength, and a lot of the topics we tackle on this show are questions that are brought up by members uh, on a weekly basis. So we hear a lot of questions about nutrition, um, exercise, fitness, uh, sleep, diet, anything that you can imagine, anything that's going to help you stay healthy, we hear these questions on a weekly basis. So that gives us a lot of ideas for the show. Today's show has been about uh, two years in the making. Uh, I'm actually joined by a good, good friend of mine, and actually we go all the way back to high school. Uh, he was not Dr. Ed Elliott at that point, but um, Dr. Ed Elliott is joining us on the show today. Ed, thanks so much for coming on. Pleasure to be here. And uh, just a quick backstory on Ed and I. He was literally one of the first people that I met when uh, when I went away to school. So I went my sophomore year, I went away to school. And uh, obviously, that's a pretty stressful time. And Ed was literally one of the first people that I met when I went away to school. And um, we have stayed friends ever since uh, we played soccer together, uh, played hockey together. And then, uh, you know, we when I was in Chicago, he was in Chicago in medical school. And um, 
So we, we've just stayed in touch along the way and now we get the chance to get together every single summer. And two years ago, I said, hey, we should do a show together. And it just didn't work out. The timing um, couldn't get our schedules nailed down. And then, uh, Ed, you actually brought it up when we were together this summer. So finally, we are here to talk about feet. Uh, and I'm sure there's some some uh, uh, podiatrist foot fetish jokes out there, but I couldn't come up with any. Um, but let's talk a little bit about, about how you ended up as a podiatrist. Um, talk a little bit about, you know, you knew you wanted to go to medical school. How did you end up with feet? Uh, yeah, so I actually get asked that question a lot. And so kind of like your foot fetish jokes, I usually have a, a, a fairly smart response back to people. But in reality, uh, it, kind of, it kind of found me. Um, uh, I knew I wanted to go into medicine. I just didn't know what field. And my dad being a physician, he allowed me the opportunity to shadow several of his colleagues. And I, I shadowed probably about every specialty under the sun that you could think of. And then, um, you know, at the time I was pretty heavy into to triathlons. I was working at a running store. I was shadowing a podiatrist. I was uh, training for triathlons with a podiatrist and was just able to really pick their brain. And, uh, you know, it just sort of suited me that, you know, I, I enjoyed the, the, the patient interaction. I enjoyed the surgery aspect of it. Um, and it just, like I said, it just kind of felt like a natural fit for me. Um, and, you know, it's, it's worked out well so far. Well, and from the performance side of things, you know, you're talking about, you're talking about feet, you know, at the running store. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and this is something that I'd love to talk about today and just how much, technology is now in shoes and, and, you know, with pronation control and, and all the stability options that are out there. Um, I'd love to talk about, you know, a, whether you think that's a good or bad thing and B, um, you know, if it's something that people need, uh, but you're, you're sort of immersed in that you're talking about people's feet all day long. You see how foot and, and proper foot support or foot strength uh, can lead to a better gait or a worse gait, depending on which way you're going, um, and like a better or worse running stride. So it all seems to make sense that, that you know, when you're talking about performance, especially in something like triathlon or, or running, it all builds from the foot. It all comes from the ground up. So to start off, let's talk a little bit about uh, the foot in general, what is it about the foot? How, how can the foot affect, let's say, your shoulder? Or how, how can, how can uh, a foot issue lead to something in the rest of your body? Uh, so that's a, that's a great point. And so the, when you look at the foot, the, the muscles and the bone structures within the foot, as it affects the overall rest of the body, it's all one kinetic chain. And when you start looking at the overall biomechanics of the foot structure and and the kinetic chain up the rest of the body um you know in today's world you know the root of all evil that we talk about is something called aquinas and and aquinas is basically a tight calf muscle or the lack of flexion at your ankle joint now that has intrinsic changes within the foot and it also again affects the rest of the chain as it goes up so as your gait pattern changes you know there's a biomechanical normal um but once that you sort of get out of that realm of normal then you put additional strain on 
the muscles in your leg, your knee joint, your thigh, your hip joint, your low back, and all of that, you know, pretty much gets out of whack. And so before you know it, because of your tight Achilles tendon, you now have hip pain on the other side because your gait pattern has now changed. And so you see it a lot, especially in people who, you know, don't exercise or, or, or stretch on a routine basis that you'll get this Aquinas. And then before you know it, they're complaining to you about their lower back. And it's, it's all connected through the chain. Um, so it's, it does have a major impact on the rest of the body. And so what do you see as the number one or some, you know, obviously you see you're in surgery a lot throughout the week, you know, and I know that you're dealing with, you know, medical type issues uh, as they relate to the foot. But what do you also see as kind of a trend? You know, what, what is, what is a trend that you're seeing that is concerning, um, you know, when it comes to preventable foot issues? Uh, consistency. And I think, um, overuse is, is I, I think the, the two major factors that people, um, will talk about, you know, it, it's usually the kind of the weekend warrior, the person who, you know, works out once or twice a week, but they overdo it. Um, or, you know, the, the person who, wants to overdo it, they're, they're lifting or doing more activity that they, than they should be. And so then you're getting all these inflammatory processes, you know, a, a tendonitis or a tendinosis, um, because they haven't been consistent or they want to go from, you know, zero to a hundred as far as like, oh, I've been squatting a hundred pounds for the last month, but today I want to try a, a, a one rep max and then boom, everything gets flared up. Uh, and the other thing I think of that people talk about is, um, you know, one of the, the, the buzzwords these days is CrossFit. And um, my wife's a big CrossFitter. And the first gym that she went to, um, they were really focused on technique. And they would have the class and then they would have an additional class that was just completely technique. And since then, we've been to other gyms, and it's sort of nowadays, they'll just show you how to do it and then kind of turn you loose. And so people are doing these activities not really knowing what they're doing, and so they're not doing them correctly, which then is going to cause other injuries or other problems because they're doing a movement incorrectly. And so it's putting an overload on certain muscular structures because they're not doing it correctly. Yeah. So sometimes it's, it's the form and we see that too, um, where it can be even just a simple coaching cue or a simple change or a simple shift of weight can make a big difference when it comes to making sure that we're not, we're not overloading tissues. Um, I will warn you, I, I did, this is, <laughs> this is totally, uh, not on purpose, but, uh, I just finished reading, uh, born to run for the third time. It's uh, definitely 100% my favorite book. But um, so thinking a lot about feet in the last couple of weeks here, I feel like, and, and this, is, this is probably one of those things that is cherry picked for the book. Um, but the rumor is that running injuries and foot injuries as a whole haven't um, 
decreased much, even as technology has increased dramatically. Do you have thoughts or insight on the technology that's going into running shoes, the control of the arch, uh, the control of foot movement with those artificial processes? Do you have uh, thoughts or comments on that? I do, because uh, I do get asked this fairly frequently, and that is, it's the million-dollar question um, to whether we have put too much technology into our gait, into the control of our the motion in our joints and our feet, and, you know, the trend lately has to been more of the minimal movement, but if you were to talk to some of my partners, um, you know, and historically... You know, you want a super comfortable shoe, super control. You want a rigid arch support. And then that trend starting a few years ago, the, the pendulum kind of shifted the other direction into where we need to start pulling back, you know, less technology, allow the body to go through its, its natural motion, strengthen the intrinsic muscles of the foot, which will help support the arch, which will decrease a lot of the sort of issues that you will have within the foot. Um, and we don't really have the answer um, because like anything, I'm sure the answer lies somewhere in between. I tend to lean more on the side of let your body do its natural motion um, because you do see people come in with a flatter foot structure that have zero pain and it's there and they've been this way their whole life. And then someone will try and be like, Oh my goodness, you have a flat foot. We need to get an arch support under there. We need to get you in stability shoes And then the next thing, you know, they're miserable because we've now changed their natural mechanics. Um, So I tend to lean on if someone has an actual foot deformity with symptoms, I will lean more towards trying to do something as far as an arch support or a stability shoe or more cushion um, versus... If you are fine, I tend to just kind of turn you loose and let the natural mechanics take care of themselves. Um, But the technology has gotten a little bit crazier because you now see some of these shoes with incredible stack heights of foam. They're they're putting carbon fiber plates in there to give extra, you know, rebound as you're running through your your, your run cycle. Um, And so, yes, I, I tend to say that we put way too much technology into it and removed our natural mechanics from it. But there are certain people who need that um, because, you know, say you have someone with a severely arthritic midfoot, you know, they're going to benefit from that technology versus someone who has a pristine uh, joint that needs no additional support than what they're already, what they're already using. And so yeah, we don't have a great answer for that. So it's, it's variable. Um, and I think it's person to person dependent. Yeah, that's true. It's probably like trying to put a blanket statement over, you know, no one should have, it's, you're right. It's nowhere. It's not that no one needs an arch support and it. It's not that everyone needs an arch support. It's case by case, but you know, it's just interesting when you think about the foot and the shoe that you're in could potentially be the cause of your back problem or could potentially be what's, what's slowing you down. Um, and you don't really know that unless, you know, there's a, probably it's all trial and error, I would imagine. Um, because you wouldn't necessarily go see a podiatrist if you had back pain. 
Well, and that's correct. And I mean, there are a lot of, I see a lot of issues from people just from ill-fitting shoes. And my, you know, back in my, you know, college days, I had no idea. I just would buy a tennis shoe off the shelf because it looked cool. And I would go train for soccer and all that, do all my running in it. And uh, I ended up with a stress fracture in my femur because these had a, a dual density foam, which was designed for people who pronate or their foot rolls in. And basically by wearing an ill-fitting shoe, it caused my foot to, to supinate or roll outwards, which puts additional strain on my knee and then my femur couldn't take it. So yeah, even something as simple as a bad shoe can cause, you know, like I said, further up the chain issues. Well, and you're somebody who under, you know, if you've been in athletics or, you know, trained in any way, shape or form, you learn to listen to your body. And that's what can be a little bit scary is that, you know, sometimes you, you hear what's going on and you kind of, and I'm sure you're trying to correct your, your running stride or make it feel normal. Um, Mm -hmm. but if you're in a a position where your foot is being guided improperly, um, you know, that you may not even know where that signal is coming from. You just end up feeling the pain, which isn't necessarily the source of the issue. You know, just low back pain doesn't equal low back problem necessarily. What, what else do we need to cover here? Preventative? Ooh, foot prevention or foot injury prevention. Oh, yes. So foot prevention. Um, this is huge because, um, you know, especially in the, the 30 to, to, to 55-year-old category, I don't think we spend a lot of time um, properly, you know, warming up for whatever activity we're going to do, whether that needs, you know, 10 minutes of stretching um, or a, a good, you know, kind of getting the blood moving type of thing. You know, I'm guilty of it myself. Just a few weeks ago, I thought I'd blast out a run real quick, didn't stretch. And then I, you know, I strained my calf and I was down for two weeks. And so um, it's just one of those things, the, the overall maintenance, and there's, there's, there's some data out there to suggest that just even properly stretching the, the calf musculature three times a week will decrease um, injuries. And, you know, usually that's some sort of eccentric type stretching um, exercises, but even just something. Explain that simple. real quick. What do you, sorry, what do you mean by eccentric? So that's a, a, a slow stretch, um, basically. And so we want to, uh, so the, the two big ones are eccentric and concentric. So the, the, the concentric would actually be like flexing the muscle or forcing the muscle. Yeah, like, a, like a calf raise. Exactly. And so eccentric would be the complete opposite of a low, the reverse. So we're dropping our heels to the ground to get that slow, elongated stretch of the calf muscle. Of the calf muscle. Do you recommend any spending time barefoot? Do you recommend any kind of like, cause I'll tell you where, and I know where your medical head is, but where my pseudo hippie nature man, uh, naturalist head is, is more time, uh, more time with shoes off, more time with your feet feeling different surfaces, more time with your feet getting pushed around a little bit. You know, if you think about, walking through like landscape rocks or there's like even uh these days you can get rock mats for your shower or uh for your house which is essentially like a a strip of bumpy material um we've got one in the gym so do you recommend any anything like that uh, is is that helpful is it 
is it just uh i don't know popular right now uh so i'm kind of one of those uh do as i say not as i do type of people and so from a medical perspective i can give you whatever information you want from a personal perspective i spend 90 percent of my time in birkenstocks flip-flops or barefoot <laughs> um so the occasional time that i'm actually wearing a tennis shoe is when i'm running um i don't you know i don't wear dress shoes very often uh so it's just one of those things like i personally like the idea of barefoot um just because of the fact that it, it does, I'm a believer in it strengthening your intrinsic muscles in the foot for better foot health. Um, but again, from a medical standpoint, there are some people who this does cannot and will not benefit anyone. Um, so again, it's a person to person dependent kind of answer. Yeah. And I know that that's gotta be frustrating for a lot of people to hear, but it is, it's true. You know, there's, there's some people that, no amount of support or no amount of barefoot walking or even intrinsic foot strengthening is going to help them at all. Um, so, and it is, I, and I understand you can't necessarily dispense uh, <laughs> blanket medical advice here on the show. Yeah, we need to get one of those, dis we need to get one of those disclaimers that uh, says this is not uh, to replace medical advice. It's just, uh, just listening for fun, everybody. That's right. <laughs> just, just an interesting topic. Yeah. FDA warning. Um, so tell, tell me a little bit about, you know, and I think the things that tend to develop as, you know, especially God, if you've played a sport where your foot is, is crammed into a shoe or a skate, even worse. Um, you know, you've got bunions and hammer toes and that kind of stuff. Tell me how, uh, um, asking for a friend, how does a develop <laughs> how does a developing bunion affect uh, gait affect your movement and is there anything that we can do to talk, to uh, address that uh, outside the so doctor's office yeah so bunions are tough because bunions again are, are sort of a biomechanical problem where at some point the big toe and the bone behind it they sort of get off kilter and then the the the, the pull of the tendons now changes the axis at which the motion of the joint occurs. And so um, typically bunions are progressive, which means over time they will get worse. Um, it'll change your gait because sometimes you'll lose some flexion of the big toe and your push off. Then you'll get more arthritic changes within the joint and um, you'll lose sort of, again, your normal toe off, which causes more problems with the kinetic chain. Um, you know, they do make things out there of, you know, wider shoes, bunion splints, those kind of things to try and help you keep in normal alignment, but they, they tend to keep drifting and getting worse over time. Well, and I think the important thing to remember too is based, you know, we already talked about it a little bit earlier is that everything up the chain can be, can be, uh, affected by this, you know, like big toe pressure is a big part of a normal squatting movement, you know, like, Correct. and you should be able to push your, your big toe into the ground. And that's one of those sort of think of it as a light switch that, that 
clicks things on up the chain. And if so, you know, if you're in a position where whether it's a bunion, whether it's uh, improper shoe or, or a shoe that's too tight and doesn't allow your foot to splay at the bottom, um, not being able to put pressure through your big toe can affect things up the chain because you weren't able to flip on that light switch or to, to use those muscles, which then either put tension on or allow you to use other muscles up the chain. So I don't know. I, I just think it's, it's super, super interesting. And, and the idea of letting the foot move as it naturally should or could is, um, I don't know, it's something I think about a lot. And even the innervation, you know, we haven't talked about the, the number of nerves in the bottom of your feet and, and what they innervate up the chain all the way up to like your pelvic floor uh, and that kind of stuff. So that's, that to me is, is a really solid argument for getting a little bit more foot stimulation in your day outside of, outside of shoes. And I know there's medical things that sometimes would, would limit somebody from doing that or would make it kind of a bad idea. But I don't know. I just find that stuff super interesting and I don't know. If, I don't think I want, want to uh, do the surgeries that you do based on the pictures, but uh, <laughs> it is a fun way to spend a day, I guess, thinking about how the foot affects all that. Well, yeah. And if you want to talk some of the nerve, you know, because of the, the sensory feedback and the proprioception, which is sort of our, where our foot lands in space um, aspect of things, it is uh, because things will can quickly overload because if you're if you're sending a different signal that's one of the main things i send people to physical therapy for is to is to rehab this proprioception signal from your foot up to your brain um because that gets off kiltered fairly easy with with things just as easy as as ankle sprains and so um which then predisposes them to recurring issues um but so yeah they're I mean, the nerves have a very huge impact on the, on the rest of the, the chain, as, as we've been saying. And I think the trend is, is also, as people get older, so there's, there's kind of two forces at play here, and, and they don't lead to good results. As people get older, they tend to wear more supportive or more padded shoes, which then limits sensory feedback, which they're beginning to lose anyway, or which they need more of as you get older. And so, you know, based on what I've read, that's what leads to a lot of falls and, you know, trips and um, just things that could have been prevented if that sensory system or, or if, you know, the nerves were really tuned up and trained and, and you know, available to make quick movements. Um, whereas if you, if you have this big padded foot and you have to move quickly, you don't get the sensory input that you need. Um, and that's just what I've read. I don't know if you need to comment on that or if you care to, but um, I just well, think it's interesting. It, and again, I'm sure there's there's several factors at play. And one of my partners, he always talks about, you know, we get abnormal wear and tear of everything in our body and, and, and how are nerves any different? You know, we get arthritic changes, we get muscle atrophy. Um, so, you know, do we get damage of the nerves as we get older? And he's a big believer that, slower nerve responses is just a natural aging process. And you kind of have to think that he's got some validity to, to that, that, you know, we, we can get damage of our nerves just as easily as anything else, just with age and time. So let's wrap this up then. Um, okay. Going, going forward here, let's say, let's say you have 
feet that you, you just want to take care of. And you want to make sure that you're able to continue doing the things that you want to do. Um, you want to be able to go out for the occasional run. You want to be able to play around with your kids or your grandkids on the driveway without issue. Um, and, and you don't have symptoms right now. What are some, what are a couple of things that, that you should be doing or you should be considering um, when it comes to making sure you're maximizing your foot health so that you can be set up for an active life later on? Uh, right. So the biggest things that I tell, especially my more athletically geared patients is you want to be consistent in what you're doing. I mean, life gets in the way sometimes, but you know, most people should be able to carve out 20, 30 minutes of some sort of activity, whether it's running or lifting or, you know, getting on the indoor bike, something to, to, to keep the muscles kind of tuned up. Um, the next is some type of stretching and exercise regime because, I, like I said, one of the, the biggest factors that causes issues in, in the lower extremity and also in the upper are in the basically lower extremity from the hips down is Aquinas. And so getting some type of stretching regime kind of added into your, you know, it's not difficult. I mean, you can be going up a flight of stairs and stop and stretch out your calf for 30 seconds. I mean, it's something you can just build into a normal day's routine. I'm also a, a fairly big believer in massage therapy. Um, and so, you know, they've got all these new guns that are out there or the sticks just to kind of to roll over the muscles just to kind of help keep them loose. Um, and uh, yeah, just being consistent with it, which is the, the, I think the hardest part, both personally and from a professional standpoint, you know, like I said, life gets in the way sometimes. And so you can't get that 30 minutes in, in, in your day to get that workout in. Um, but that's what I mean is kind of what I said earlier is, is people that gets in the way and then they try and overload what they do when they have like an hour block that they can do something, they do more than what they should do. Um, well, and, and, I think, and I want to, sorry, I want to jump in there that that's interesting yeah. too, because I think the same thing happens when it comes to fitness. Um, you know, people, if you're going, if you're starting somewhere, you don't have to go to, to 60 or hundred miles an hour right away. You know, there's a lot of value to, and what we usually say is walking in through the shallow end rather than diving into the deep end. Um, so when you talk about the consistency, it might be you're consistently building from a little bit up to more, uh, you know, more activity, more activity, more activity. Um, and so I think that's, a, it's an interesting mindset because people have the idea that it's either all or nothing. Um, whereas, you know, if you're starting to take care of your feet or thinking about taking care of your fitness, even maybe just going for a walk is the best place to start. Um, oh, yeah, you, yeah you hit a, like use it or lose it essentially. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you know, if you just start doing something, something active and just, you know, build the, from the foundation of, you know, getting a good, cause you're going to build muscle strength from even just walking. You're going to get some cardiovascular input from just walking. And then you can add layers to that as you work your way up. Um, and the other thing I think of is there are, you know, a lot of people will do this without sort of like a game plan in mind. And so, they'll just go to the gym and throw around some weights and then they'll come back three weeks later and do the same thing. Um, to, and this kind of goes with my consistency thing is, is whether you need to get a coach, get online and find a training program that like 
build you from the beginning all the way up. Um, because again, some of us don't have the knowledge or the, the time to put together a plan. And so that's where I think, you know, strength coats are, are good. Uh, athletic trainers are good. Heck, even just going to your, you know, local gym and just having someone kind of map you out something, uh, just something basic. And there's, I've seen a lot of stuff online lately um, where you can get these little programs on your phone. And so just again, just to be consistent and start low and slow, kind of like, you know, smoking meat. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I do appreciate a good barbecue analogy. I also <laughs> appreciate um, the medical community throwing some love towards the uh, trainers and coaches of the world. So thank you for that. Yep. Um, well, I think that's all we got for today. Like I said, we, we've enjoyed a lot of conversations about, um, the foot and foot health. I think it's a pretty miraculous structure and, you know, considering people go right for cardio, right? Or people, when they think of fitness, they go right to cardio. But I think, um, understanding the foot a little bit more and understanding that everything you do lead comes from the foot. Essentially, if you have foot problems, there's a good chance you have problems in other places so lots of respect for that um but thanks so much for the the conversation today ed and um yeah we appreciate you jumping on my pleasure happy to help all right that wraps us up for today thank you so much for listening until next time gang be sure to follow the fit life formula that's three days a week of something you like to do two days a week of strength training and one workout that just sucks we'll talk to you next time